you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Show presented by DraftKings. It's me, your man, MG Marcus Graham, masking and socially distanced still when and where appropriate. We got a full show for you today. Week three is fully underway. So we will look at, of course, the starts and sits. Adam Rank will join us in just a bit to talk about those. Also, looking at some guys off the waiver wire. You knew it was a big waiver wire week because of all the injuries. We'll let you know whether or not you should be starting some of those guys. Plus, we're going to look at some guys that maybe are in uh, some weird situations and try to figure out what we are doing with them now. But first, as we we'll always do, we talk to our faithful producer, senior Edward L. Murphy Esquire. Murph, did you have any luck on the waiver wire this week? Yeah, you know, uh, I'm in a, a few deeper leagues with bigger rosters, obviously, because this uh, offseason was a weird one. So a lot of these guys that we've been talking about on this show have already been drafted in like the 12th, 13th round. And it's like, man, oh, man. And like now I'm in this position, too, where by like week three, you start to see the committees like who is the lead guy. But it's happening for a mul- like multiple teams. And same thing with receivers, like some getting equal amount of targets. You have a bunch of guys who are around like the same projections. And it's literally just a coin flip of like who you're going to play because you know you're going to get burned by somebody. So uh, the typical fantasy stress is now back and it's it's very exciting. <laughs> that I guess is correct actually. Uh, it's not often we talk about stress being exciting, but but it sort of is. And I would think that for you right now, uh, it's a good distraction from the New York football giants. Oh, it's a wonderful distraction. You can see I already have the, the Yankees hat on. I'm in, I'm in Yankees playoff mode. It's the, the giants to me are a, a thing of the past. Uh, we'll, we'll revisit that in uh, 2021. Yeah, I, I get it, man. And baseball playoffs start next week. That's wild. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that, that's at least something for us to look forward to on both the East and the West Coast. All right. It is a Wednesday. That means we are always joined by the one and only Adam Rank. And uh, wearing the, we're rocking these specs today, which I always appreciate that look. I'm, I'm, always, I'm always, uh, always appreciated when you wear the specs. You know what's funny is when this picture came up, I'm like, hey, is Kevin Smith on the show today? I'm like, oh, wait, that's <laughs> funny. So I didn't, maybe I should turn the hat around. I wasn't thinking about that. I just hadn't shaved. It's early in the morning on the West Coast. So, oh, I'm sorry, we're streaming. No, it's totally live, everybody. <laughs> I, uh, I appreciate what, uh, what Eddie Murphy is going through with the, with the deeper waiver wire. And we all did that as well. Like in a lot of my home leagues, like we wanted to have expanded rosters to kind of reward people who are forward thinking so anybody who drafted james robinson for instance which i'm going to say <laughs> um, but like you were rewarded for having those players or malcolm brown or something like that so i applaud eddie for for that and i do feel like condolences with him i understand you know obviously his baseball team is going on to the playoffs the angels for the fourth time in mike trout's career will be the last team eliminated before the playoffs start. Like, you've got to be kidding me. One of you guys couldn't save a game. If they convert three saves, they're in the playoffs. But whatever. Um, I mean, maybe maybe it's time to pull the plug on the Shohei Otani as pitcher experiment. Maybe that should happen. I'm just Oh, saying. my gosh. Like, uh, honestly, that should be that should be a thing. But I understand. Yeah. That's part of the reason they got him here in the first place. But good Lord, dude. You would be a 40 home run guy if you played. Uh, just, 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 just let him hit. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Just let him hit. Uh, all right, let's talk some waiver wire stuff. Firstly, the the big news as we dive into our fantasy news for the day: uh, the Giants have signed running back Devontae Freeman. This was pretty much expected once Saquon Barkley went down with that ACL injury. So now he's in the backfield with Wayne Gallman, with Deion Lewis. Uh, it's going to be, I think, a muddled mess. But uh, from where you sit, how do you think this thing's going to shake out? Well, I really do believe that Devonta Freeman is a talented running back. I, I His unemployment, I don't believe, was because he wasn't good. I think that this is exactly what he was waiting for, an opportunity like this to be a lead back in a situation where they're going to try to run the football. Now, I know there is some speculation that the Giants really did like Wayne Gallman and think that he could be 
somebody who can carry the load a little bit. But, I mean, you don't bring in Devonta Freeman just to have him sit the bench in anything like that. So I don't think that it's going to be something that will be immediately relevant this week. But I think down a couple weeks from now when we get into October – that Devonta Freeman can actually be a nice piece to your fantasy roster. Uh, I went and made a few waiver claims for him uh, last night. Just uh, and you know, I have not checked to see whether or not I won those. But uh, yeah, it, it is a situation where I do think he's going to end up being the lead back. They have gone with Wayne Gallman a couple of times. The results have not been great. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if Gallman sort of takes a secondary role. I think this week it's Gallman in the lead. Uh, against oh, yeah. the 49ers, the matchup's not great because Freeman literally is just getting there. So uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect to see. I'd be surprised if he's active. Maybe he is, but it's going to be Gallman getting those carries. But I'm sort of with you that I think in the long term it's going to be Devontae Freeman who ends up sort of taking the lead. Deion Lewis kind of hangs around. He's the pass catching back, but this could be Freeman's opportunity at least through 2020, and then Saquon takes it back over. We get to 2021. Well, certainly. I mean, Deion Lewis's role was his role. I mean, the the reason why Wayne Gallman was inactive was because he plays the Saquon Barkley role, and you're not replacing Saquon Barkley, so of course you're going to be inactive. And now he's going to come in and be that first and second down back for sure, at least this week. Yeah, uh, night rate matchup against the Niners, although they're beat up, so maybe it is a little bit better than, than we're giving it credit for. Uh, Blake Bortles is back in the NFL. He's signing a one-year deal with the Denver Broncos. They're still waiting on Drew Locke, who's dealing with a shoulder injury. Jeff Driscoll was okay uh, against the Steelers on Sunday. Uh, Are you giving Bortles any chances to start, and and would this impact the Broncos' offense at all? Well, I mean, if they want to go to the Super Bowl, they're going to bring in Blake Bortles. I think that's pretty automatic, (laughs) but no, it's... You know, it's fun to see him back. And, of course, this this led to a lengthy conversation between you and I about Jason Mendoza of The Good Place. And, by the way, when I'm back on camera, there's a there's a Jason Mendoza Funko right up there next to Tiger Woods. So he's extremely happy about this. So, you know, it's fun. You know, Bortles is back. You know, he became kind of a, 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 a pop culture icon. But I don't think that anybody's confusing him as a, as a fantasy football relevant player. I mean, who knew that the good place moved to Denver? Never saw that one coming. Uh, but yeah, the more, more Jason Mendoza references we can get in our lives, the better. I do sort of worry, though, about this Denver Bronco passing game. Uh, I guess I would feel slightly better with Drew Locke, but there's no Cortland Sutton for the year. Uh, Jerry Judy, K.J. Hamler are still sort of getting their feet underneath them as rookies. Noah Fant has looked great. But now you wonder if this starts to kind of come crashing down a little bit because they're going to have to do the shuffle at quarterback for at least the next month. But I'm with you. Blake Bortles can remain on the waiver wire. Uh, I don't know that Jeff Driscoll is going to have a whole lot of appeal either. So, uh, hey, maybe this is good news for Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay whenever he comes back. that They're going to get a big workload uh, in the Broncos offense. All right. Bruce yeah. Arians. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was just going to say that it's funny, too, because I had predicted that the, the Broncos were going to make the playoffs this season. And people will, will come in and be like, hey, how are you so bad at, at picking, <laughs> you know, team's records? I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry that in June I couldn't foresee that Von Miller would be gone for the year, that Cortland Sutton would be gone for the year, that Drew Locke would get injured. I apologize. I should be better at this. I mean, you guys got to dust <laughs> off that crystal ball. You got to polish up that crystal ball and, and make sure. it look better. Predicting the future is hard, people. Give <laughs> Uh, Bruce Arian says he's not surprised by Gronk's lack of receiving production. I knew that he was going to be a hard guy to sort of project this year. I know everybody thought, well, maybe because he's with Tom Brady again and he's had a year off that Gronk would step in there. But there are a lot of people that you have to target in that Tampa Bay offense. So I guess the simple answer is, is it time to give up on Gronk in fantasy? Well, I would think so. And I think that, you know, if we would have looked at this objectively – the way that Bruce Arians uses his tight ends is to block. And I, I, I'm, one of the things that Gronk probably doesn't get enough credit for is how good he is blocking. You know, we saw it last year when he was out, when him and they lost the fullback, James Devlin, they couldn't run the football in New England. And I think a lot of people, as, as much as we love the Gronk spike and as much as we love the, the touchdowns and everything like that, I just don't think that he's never been given the proper deference and respect for how he how good he is as a blocker. And I think that's what Arian sees right now. Is like, this is a good blocker. We've got Mike Evans. We've got Chris Godwin. We don't need him out there catching the football. So, yeah, I think this this uh, we should probably move on from, from Gronkowski as a fantasy-relevant player. 
Yeah, uh, I don't think I drafted him in many spots, but I think the one or two teams where I did take the so- take the shot, uh, I think I put him back on the waiver wire. Uh, he's had 90 snaps, which is great. He's on the field a lot, but he's run like 19 routes, which means they are not using him in the passing game. They're running the football a lot. And uh, yeah, they still have O.J. Howard there who can catch the football as a tight end when they need him to. So, uh, you know, it, it just it looks like they have Gronk for other purposes. And the Gronk that we knew as a fantasy stud, uh, those days are probably over at this point. All right. Uh, in L.A., Anthony Lynn had said uh, during the week that Tyrod Taylor gives the Chargers the best chance to win. Now, he was on the sideline. In fact, he had to go to the hospital on Sunday and Justin Herbert ended up getting the start. Then news breaks on Wednesday morning that the reason he had to go to the hospital is because he had his lung accidentally punctured by the Chargers team doctor while they were giving him a painkilling shot for his cracked ribs. So this story has gone all sorts of sideways. We don't know what Tyrod's status is going to be for the week. We're still trying to figure that out. The Chargers are still trying to figure that out. But at this point, I mean, how much faith should we be putting in Justin Herbert? Well, I mean, uh, a lot of people seemed very impressed with his performance on Sunday, and it was fine. I don't think that there was anything that you would be extremely uh, upset about, I guess. I'm just trying to put it in the proper context, because to me, like I've, I've watched Mitch Trubisky a lot. Like that was pretty much what we expect from quarterbacks like that. You know, one of the knocks about him coming out of Oregon was that, yeah, he might not be, you know, as good as some of these other quarterbacks who have come into the league in recent years, Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. And he's more of a Mitch Trubisky. Uh, Josh Allen is playing really well this season. So that might be, so that might be, but I, you know, he showed some guts here. He's a little bit more, you know, he can run the football and he can do some things that I think it helped out, you know, with you have uh, Keenan Allen on your roster or something like that. But it's really interesting because the Chargers are in a tough spot because their defense is good enough to compete and good enough to compete for a playoff spot. But is that formula good enough to knock off the Kansas City Chiefs? And should they just turn to the young quarterback? So it's an interesting it's an imp- interesting position there. I mean, I I don't know. I'm of the mind, too, that if you draft a quarterback sixth overall, you should play him. You know, obviously, because here's the thing. It's like if you think that you're good enough to win with Tyrod Taylor, why weren't you making another? Why, why weren't you adding to the defense? Why weren't you adding to the offensive line? Why did you draft the quarterback of the future? It's a real weird message to put out there. So. I don't know. I'm interested to see the way that this unfolds. And as you says, this has more twists and turns than Cobra Kai. So I'm interested (laughs) to see how this goes. Yeah, I mean, I think what's interesting is, and maybe this is because of the weird offseason that we had, that that Herbert didn't beat out Tyrod in training camp, that we got to week one and Tyrod was the the start. And it just seemed... lock solid that Tyrod was going to be the starter in week one. Herbert came in, and I think part of it is that he had the Chargers in the lead for most of the game against the defending Super Bowl champs, and I think that's kind of what got people a little bit excited. I know for fantasy, it was nice to see Keenan Allen get some downfield shots. It was nice to see more targets for Austin Eckler and Joshua Kelly because those are things we didn't see a whole lot of in week one. So I think that's where some of the Justin Herbert excitement comes in from. Uh, But look, Anthony Lynn sees these guys in practice every day. And the fact that he still has not really budged off of Tyrod Taylor being the starter maybe suggests that Herbert uh, isn't quite ready. And it'll be interesting to see, you know, if Herbert is the starter this week, what teams do when they do have a week of film on him and when they have a chance to sort of game plan for him. So, uh, look, I... I'm sort of of two minds about this because I am a fan of Tyrod and I want to see him play as much as possible. But I also understand that, you know, the the momentum is pushing toward Justin Herbert being the starter. So uh, I guess we'll wait and see. But in the meantime, there is drama in Charger land with uh, this Tyrod situation and the punctured lung. All right. Today's show is sponsored by DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. DraftKings has millions of dollars in total prizes up for grabs this week. So download the DraftKings app now. Use code TEAM during sign-up. Start feeling the sweat like never before. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. So now that we've had a couple of weeks to watch guys, we have certainly spotlighted the guys who've played well. But then there are the guys that, I don't know, are sort of kind of hanging in fantasy limbo. So we're going to look at a few of them and say, all right, so what now? Uh, The first one, on Monday night, the Saints offense just sputtered. There was no Michael Thomas. And really, outside of maybe Alvin Kamara and, I guess, Traquan Smith, there was nothing very exciting there. Drew Brees 
struggled quite a bit against the Raiders. So what level of concern should we have the Saints offense now? Well, I would be really concerned about it. I mean, it is one of those things that it was it was weird watching this this version of Drew Brees. It just didn't look the same. And I think that, you know, sometimes we take for granted that these guys can play forever and things can continue as they always have. And, you know, maybe it's 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 time, you know, not that I would have him retire in the middle of the season. But we saw it <laughs> when Peyton Man- well, when Peyton Manning won his Super or was on a Super Bowl winning team for Super Bowl 50, because he certainly didn't win that Super Bowl. But he was just kind of a, a caretaker, a game manager, just don't go out and lose it for us. And, you know, that that it, it, I don't know that Drew Brees is in that moment yet. I mean, it, it's disappointing, you know, and that's old guys. You know, I still think, look at me, I'm wearing a flat bill hat backwards. I still think I'm young enough to go jump on a skateboard. And then every time I do, I almost, you know, wreck my hip or do something like that. It, at some point, you got to step back and be like, oh, I'm not the young man that I think that I am. And I, I think we're starting to see that from Drew Brees. And it is it is concerning because it affects a lot of people. You know, Jared Cook didn't have the game that we wanted him to have. Emmanuel Sanders basically disappeared. And so you're looking, if you went into that Monday night game and you were thinking like, all I need is three points from Emmanuel Sanders and I'm good, that would have been awful. <laughs> yeah, 2.8? Like 2. it's 8. crazy. Yeah. So... I don't know. I, I, I'm literally and, and you just think and you think about the Saints over the last couple of years, you know, and, and how they've lost in the playoffs with the Minnesota Minnesota miracle, the, the non pass interference call, which was really partly at fault because Sean Payton should have been calling runs. And last year, just not showing up at all against Minnesota. I mean, at some point you can continue to be like, oh, yeah, this team's going to make it to the Super Bowl. They're, they're going to get there like no, At some point that. Your window closes, and it's starting to feel like that window is closing in New Orleans. Yeah, and I remember you know last year coming into fantasy season, a lot of people were sort of fading Drew Brees, and and you know there was a debate on whether or not Brees still had it. And I know he missed some games because of an injury, but I feel like now watching this offense that we didn't give Michael Thomas maybe enough credit for sort of dragging Drew Brees along, certainly from a fantasy perspective, uh, and, and helping him produce the way he did. And we're starting to see that without MT in that lineup, it is more difficult for them to push the football downfield. Now, that's great news if you drafted Alvin Kamara, but for everybody else, it's starting to be a little bit questionable. Maybe Traquan Smith becomes a popular ad over the next uh, few days or weeks, but uh, Drew Brees right now is sort of a guy that, that you fade. And here's the, I'll, I'll ask you a question that someone asked me last night. At this moment, would you rather have Drew Brees or Gardner Minshew? Gardner? Like, what? Uh, do I have to hesitate for that question? <laughs> like, Gardner is one of the, you know, it's so funny. And you think about all the misses the Bears have had at quarterback. And obviously, to me, it's missing on Deshaun Watson because Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes was a different thing. The Bears were one of two teams that brought in Gardner Minshew uh, when he was going through the scouting combine and at Washington State. And when he went in the sixth round, I believe it was, in Jacksonville, it's like, Pace, like, why? Like, you obviously saw something. Were you so worried that he was going to usurp Mitch? And he would have gotten an opportunity last year, too, because Mitch got hurt. So that one also sticks with me a little bit. I I honestly believe that Gardner Minshew is, is a good quarterback. And you can go to NFL.com slash rank. I wrote a story about him coming into the season. Just the journey that his life has taken. Because he was a junior college quarterback. Mm-hmm. He played at some directional school. Was going to go to Alabama that had a quarterback room with Tua Tungavailoa. Jalen Hurts at the time, just because he wanted to get better to, to, to further his coaching career. And then, you know, an unfortunate circumstance happened in Washington State. And all of a sudden, you know, Mike Leach has him up there. And now he's a, a revelation in the NFL. So I, I don't think it's a, a crazy. I know people pose that as a crazy question, but I'm like, that's a legitimate like that to me is yeah. an easy one to answer. Yeah, no, I, I answered it the same way you did. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm Gardner all day at this point because Breeze, uh, it just looks like it looks like the decline is is in progress there for Drew Breeze in, in New Orleans. Um, in Tampa, what, what do we do if we have Ronald Jones on our roster now because it looks like Leonard Fournette might be taking over? Yeah, I don't believe that you should release him or put him on the waiver wire or anything like that. That's, 
you know, with the running back injuries, there's really not a lot, of, unless it's Bryce Love, who I had plenty of shares of and had to get rid of this week. There's no running back you're dropping. But it does look like a situation where Leonard Fournette is going to be the hammer in this offense. And I, I think that Bruce Arians put it in a way that he's looking at Leonard Fournette as a closer, as somebody who's going to come in and be the dominant running back in the second half as they're trying to salt away victories which is bad news for Ronald Jones. If he doesn't go out and score 15 fantasy points in the first half, there might not be a lot of opportunity. So obviously keep them because running back depth is at a premium, but it certainly looks like they're moving towards Leonard Fournette. Yeah, I'm sort of with you on that one. I don't think Rojo completely goes away, but I do think we're going to see him sort of de-emphasized in that offense. And I'm sort of frustrated about it. I went back and watched the, the fumble in question that turned things around. And I'm not totally sure that Tom Brady's not at fault there, right? I mean, you got to kind of put the ball, the ball in the guy's stomach. And I don't think Brady did that. I felt like he hit him on the arm. But we know that if it comes down to who's going to catch the blame, Tom Brady versus, you know, non-Tom Brady, uh, non-Tom Brady is always going to catch a little bit more hell on that one. So, uh, yeah, that's the situation. It is what it is. But I'm with you. I don't think you let go of Ronald Jones just yet. But understand that maybe those RB2 opportunities that you were hoping for turn into sort of, you know, streaming flex play opportunities if the situation is right. Eh, so be it. By the way, does it seem weird that Leonard Fournette looks smaller with the number 28 on? Well, and Ronald Jones looks bigger. It just looks like a smaller person now. I don't know. Maybe it's it's the the Bucks uniforms. They're slimming, perhaps. Uh, Perhaps. Yeah. Teal, Teal puts puts weight on a person. <laughs> it adds pounds. Um, how are we feeling about Zach Ertz after two weeks? Uh, not great. Not great. And this was, I mean, you tried to talk me out of this in the offseason. Like, don't go for Zach Ertz. What are, you, what are you thinking? Like, he shouldn't even be on your radar. And I'm like, nah, bro. Like, he's going to be just fine. And he is. I mean, he's he's fine. He's just no longer part of the elite. He's like Adam Hangman Page. He's been booted out of the elite. And uh, with Dallas Goddard there, it's become a problem now. I think that they're always going to be featuring their tight ends. They're going to be running a lot of 12 personnel. And even when everybody's healthy, which they probably will never be, but they're always just going to have to use those guys because they're two of their best pass catchers. But it's we're not going to see the production from Zach Ertz that we can expect from Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews and, and George Kittle and guys like Darren Waller, you know, Darren Waller's now taking a leap over him, too. And I think that, man, what we saw, I, I know you didn't ask this question. And this, this is actually that Internet meme. Nobody. Let me tell you about Darren Waller. Uh, or maybe I'm the guy in the club, you know, holding his drink, talking to the girl, telling you about Darren Waller. We, You know what we did say, though, Marcus? And we were both on, on, on board with this about right. Henry Ruggs of not necessarily him being a great fantasy option, this year, but what he does for that offense. And I think it was on display Monday night because Darren Waller was open because you got a fast guy that you got to account for. And I really do believe and I'm kicking myself. I have shares of Darren Waller, but I don't have enough. And now I'm really upset about it. Yeah, I just I didn't know how to what to make of Darren Waller. And so for that reason, I sort of stayed away. And I'm with you now. I'm, I, I feel like I, I kind of played myself and I wish I had drafted him in some more spots. Uh, back to Zach Ertz, though, I, I do feel like what would help him would be if the Eagles could get their wide receivers healthy and productive. Because right now, you know, with, with no certainty at wide receiver, if you're a defense, you're like, well, let's just take Zach Ertz out of the mix, uh, and then we'll, we'll figure out the rest going on from there. So if, you know, if Alshon Jeffrey or Deshaun Jackson or Jalen Rager can start making more plays, getting on the field and being productive, then suddenly defenses have something else that they've got to pay attention to, and maybe that helps Zach Ertz. But uh, as long as he is the focal point of the passing game, I think defenses still look to take him away, and that's going to make it a pretty frustrating year for him. Uh, Speaking of frustrating, what do we do about the Ravens' backfield right now? (laughs) I believe that we have to start looking at the future and just trying to play the future, and I believe it's going to eventually be DK Metcalf because we saw – Gus Edwards had a huge – what did I say? DK Metcalf. <laughs> DK, yeah. Did he not get traded? No, you missed it. Because <laughs> the email came over. It's early. There's gardeners out here breaking my <laughs> concentration. I can't open a window. Now I'm sweating because I'm trying to do that. I'm trying to do the Eddie Murphy wearing the sweatshirt with no T-shirt underneath it. Uh, J.K. Dobbins, yes, of course. And so 
Go go at it, Reddit. Tell me that I'm an idiot. And you don't even know who the running back is for the Baltimore Ravens. But what I'm saying is 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 play for the future because Gus Edwards had a huge role on Sunday. And I know that anybody who looks at the stat sheet and you see right, you know, and you see what Mark Ingram was able to do, you're like, oh, well, he had a good game, obviously, because he had a 30-yard touchdown run. But it's still going to be Lamar Jackson dialing it up. And here it is, Mark Ingram. Like, what producing this is, by the way, right as I mentioned it. Like, that kind of thing saved Mark Ingram's production. But you can't count on that each and every week. And I think that what they're going to eventually do is turn to J.K. Dobbins. I do believe that, you know, teams like the Ravens know that they're good. Like, they're going to be fine. Like they, They're not in panic mode. They're winning games now. And so you can kind of slow roll these guys into the lineup. They, there's no need. And if anything – it probably behooves John Harbaugh to go out there and save J.K. a little bit. And then when you get to weeks 8, 9, 10, 11, all of a sudden you have this fresh rookie coming in running over dudes. You know, we've seen it with Derrick Henry a couple of years ago. Like, that, that's a big difference when you have a – like, when you're going against fatigued teams and here comes J.K. Dobbins, who has 120 carries on the season, all of a sudden you have a brand-new player who can help propel you – through the playoffs. So this is one of those things that I would advise people make sure you have a spot on your roster to keep them. It's not, it's going to be frustrating at times because somebody gets injured and you need that spot. I would really tell you to hold on to him. And at some point this season, he is going to be the guy who, uh, who leads you to the fantasy playoffs. Yeah. I, I thought the JK Dobbins time might come next year, but it's come sooner rather than later. And I think your point is right because the Ravens are good and they're winning games and they're doing it in a multitude of ways. They can just kind of roll guys in. They can sort of ease guys into the situation. The other part of this piece is Gus Edwards, who I think in a lot of other situations, uh, he would be getting 15 touches a game. I mean, he's, oh, he's yeah. a good running back. He just is stuck in a situation with a lot of other good running backs and a quarterback who can run the football effectively. Uh, if Gus Edwards were like literally anywhere else, right, he would be a guy you'd be talking about as having on your roster a flex play, maybe a, a low-end RB2 or something like that. But uh, in Baltimore, he's sort of stuck. So this has become maybe more of a mess than we anticipated. But uh, because running backs are scarce, uh, I don't. I wouldn't put any of those guys back out there to let somebody else in my league go pick them up. Uh, all right, it's it's kind of funny oh, when, when yeah. you talk about Gus Edwards. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of Dave Grohl being the drummer for Nirvana, and I know <laughs> that you millennials don't know who any of these people are. But like one of the greatest rock stars of my generation mm-hmm. uh, was actually just the drummer. You're like, oh, you know, if he was fronting a band, he would probably be pretty good. Which you know, he eventually goes on to do that's Gus Edwards he was he's the Dave Grohl of the NFL or at least of the Ravens by the way did you know that Paul McCartney was in a band before Wings stop it <laughs> I listen I will tell you something like listen if we're not losing people with like going back because like even even my like it, it is pretty like when I have millennial relatives nieces and stuff who are like who are the Foo Fighters like never heard of this band um now we're going to go start talking about wings because I, I have a, I have a huge take on wings. So if there is a boomer podcast, there's a boomer podcast that wants me on. I have a very detailed take on wings and Paul McCartney. Go Google him. He was he was pretty phenomenal. Oh, man. Uh, all right. So last one. Uh, week one, Will Fuller has a big week. Week two, Fuller is a no show, essentially. And Brandon Cooks ends up having a nice game. How do we sort out the Texans pass catchers now? I think that Bob is is upset at me personally for all the jokes that I've made at his expense over the last you know couple of months ever since he traded away DeAndre Hopkins and I really don't know like I I wish I had a, a a reasonable explanation you know he was you know Will Fuller was banged up in this game a little bit and this will probably go back to what a lot of the the haters were saying whenever we were trying to promote Will Fuller as a viable fantasy option is that he's injured, there's some circumstance that always leads him to not fully reaching his potential. And we thought with DeAndre Hopkins out of there that perhaps we just wanted him to be, like we figured if he was playing in a game, he was going to be pretty good. And now that has been proven incorrect. So I look at it, he was a flex guy for me. And you know what? I made a mistake last week because, you know, I had Kareem Hunt. And I'm like, I'm going to go with Will Fuller. And uh, I'm going to blame, I'm going to blame Ian for this one. But I, I, I thought, like, it, it's one of those things that you talk yourself into. You're like, they're going to have to throw the ball. He's a deep threat. He just needs one opportunity, and he can go crazy. Kareem Hunt doesn't get the ball enough. 
to make a huge impact. He carried the ball just 10 times. So it, it makes sense. But yeah, this Will Fuller situation, unless, I don't know, I, I just can't, you just can't expect it to be consistent. And you're going to have, you're going to just have to try to pick the, the right matchups. You played him in week one, you were great. Week two, not so much. So you know what? You just so play him in week three. Maybe he only does it in yeah. odd weeks. But maybe it's odd number of weeks. Uh, I mean, that's going to be the hard part. Is that there are a lot. We always like to say you talk about concentrated passing games where you know there's only a couple of targets there. And in Houston, you got Fuller, you got Brandon Cooks, you got Randall Cobb who had a few catches uh, last week. David Johnson's going to catch the ball. Duke Johnson, I think, is back at practice this week, so that adds another guy to that offense. There are a lot of places for Deshaun Watson to go with the football, which is going to make it frustrating. I'm still not ready to give up on Will Fuller. I still think Brandon Cooks can be pretty productive this year. But uh, maybe we should just prepare ourselves for weeks where a whole lot of guys get into the mix and that maybe it's going to be a little bit more volatile than we wanted to give it credit for. So uh, I know that's not the news anybody wanted to hear. That's the news we got. So uh, you're going to have to deal with that. Um, so uh, yesterday was National Voter Registration Day. And inspired by ongoing conversations with players, the NFL, NFL Players Association, and Players Coalition together launched NFL votes to empower and improve our communities through exercising the right to vote. Join the NFL family by registering to vote today and make your voice heard this November. Visit NFL.com slash votes to learn more. Oh, it's a fight for Florida on Thursday night football with the Dolphins and the Jaguars. I mean, the Bucks. you guys are off doing your own thing. We'll get you involved a little bit later on. <laughs> but uh, some interesting questions because both these offenses have turned out to have some intriguing pieces on them for fantasy. So we'll start on the Dolphins side. Uh, Miles Gaskin has been the answer to the question, who will be the Dolphins' lead running back? He has uh, surpassed both Matt Breida and Jordan Howard in terms of his usage. What kind of long-term projection do you have for him? Because I know you have become a Miles Gaskin fan lately. Well, I'm just playing the production and who's getting the opportunity. And he's had more than 13 touches in each of these two games. And when teams go out there and say, hey, we want to feature this player, well, I'm going to believe them. I can sit here and and talk about how much I love Jordan Howard and feel like he needs to get an opportunity or how fast Matt Breida was. And he never really got a chance in San Francisco. But the, the, the Dolphins are like, no, we're going with Miles Gaskin. And as long as he's available and ready to go, I'm going to start playing him. I lost Christian McCaffrey in, in one of my home leagues. And thankfully, the, the rooks I play with, you know, they didn't pick up Miles Gaskin. because <laughs> somebody, somebody snuck in and took Mike Davis because, of course, they're smart enough to be jerks. But they're not, you know, they're not smart. They're not savvy enough to pick up Miles Gaskin. So I'm going to use them because I love winning with players like this. And I like what I've seen out of them, like catching the ball out of the backfield. Uh, obviously, you know, Brian Flores comes from a, 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 a New England Patriots program that just finds rando running. I mean, seemingly, I mean, these guys were prominent college players, but, you know, seemingly rando running backs and they, and they make it work. And I, I really do like this offense. And I think that, you know, we got a nice little piece here. Let's, let's have fun with it. Like, I don't know. I, I have to start David Johnson in league. So why not have some fun with miles Gaskin? And then when you, when you have miles Gaskin and things don't go well, you just blame the dolphins. You're like, well, they, it's their <laughs> fault. Like, what am I, like, I'm, what am I, what do I know? What am I doing here? Uh, my players are hurt. So I say roll with them. I, I'm down with that. I I have had to grudgingly admit that uh, the Jordan Howard projection that I had for the season is not working out. I, I really loved him as sort of a mid-round running back, but he basically gets like two or three carries a game. He gets like four yards. One of them ends in the end zone, but it's never enough to really get you excited about playing Jordan Howard on a week-to-week basis. Uh, and Matt Breida is speedy, and he's getting touches, but still not enough. So I, I have come over to the Miles Gaskin side of the ledger now. I'm, I'm willing to admit what I'm wrong, especially this early in the season. So I'm totally on board. I'm down with Miles Gaskin I, completely. I love all of our August conversations because I remember you'd be like, listen, Marcus, like nobody is a bigger Jordan Howard fan than me. <laughs> but Matt Breida is the, you know, and listen, like we're, we're, project, we're, we're not at practice. Right. You know, and so this was, I'm shaking the table. I'm so sorry. Um, yeah, so we've seen it. Like, Brian Flores is like, no, 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 this is our guy. And again, like, I'm going to lean on him. Like, I'm going to take the chef's recommendation. Like, I can go into the thing and be like, I, you know, I can so and tell Gordon Ramsay how he should be preparing my food. But at some point, you're like, okay, I'm just going to let you tell me what to do. 
There you go. Uh, the Dolphins still at the moment rolling with Ryan Fitzpatrick at quarterback. We talked about Justin Herbert earlier in the show uh, and, and what his chances are of taking over for Tyrod Taylor. Similarly, it seems as though it will be sooner rather than later that Tua Tagovailoa takes over for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, I mean, do you think that's going to be soon? And, and is that a good thing for us for fantasy? Well, I think I'm, I'm just excited to see it. You know, this is a player that's captivated my attention ever since he came onto the scene with the Crimson Tide. I'm a lefty. So anytime there's a lefty, a lefty thrower and it, and it burns me, too, because he's a Hawaii kid. And you're like, why didn't you, you go to Hawaii? Because that's that's <laughs> the guy that would have ended up at Oregon or Cal. No, probably Oregon a couple of years ago. Actually, I think mm. he was committed to Oregon at some point. But you, you see him now playing in the SEC, and I just want to see it. You know, I, I'm excited for it. And, you know, I really I really appreciated what the Miami Dolphins did in the draft because they had a very strong 2021, 2021 vibe with him and, and, and Austin, who was going to eventually be their tackle of the future. Having those two guys is the linchpins for the future going forward. I don't think that Brian Flores is in danger of losing his job. So I don't know why there's this this need to be like, we gotta go win games with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Like, bro, you're not making the playoffs. Let's let's like it's cool. Like where nobody's mad at you. Like we can be realistic about this. Go play your kid and go see what he can do and give him an opportunity. We see Joe Burrow. Like yeah. Zach Taylor has gone the other way. And he's like, I'm gonna have Joe Burrow throw it 60 times. <laughs> like that's that's kind of the attitude I wanna see. Like, if you know you're not going anywhere. Like, just have fun with it. Like, whatever. It's like having a rental car or something like that, where you're like, I don't really, why, whatever. It's house money now. You're at the blackjack table. Somebody gave you two grand. Like, just go crazy. Like, double down on everything. I don't know. Go out there and have some fun and put Tua into the game. I feel like Brian Flores earned himself quite a bit of leeway. He won five games last year. Like, people thought the Dolphins were going to go winless last year, and they won five games. I feel like that earns you quite a bit of, of, of leeway to work with there. So, yeah, why not put Tua in there? Maybe they just want to make sure he's completely healthy. I, I guess that's the only thing I can think of because uh, I think everybody wants to see it. They want to see what he can do. Plus, we love quarterbacks who can run. We love mobile quarterbacks. Tua adds that element certainly more than Ryan Fitzpatrick. And I, I know, don't tweet me, I know Ryan Fitzpatrick led the Dolphins in rushing last year. Uh, but he's not going to get out and move the way Tua can. So I want to see it, and I think that will help everything else. I think that opens up the downfield passing game. I'm here for it. So, uh, yeah, Brian yeah. Flores, uh, I know, we know that you watch the show all the time. So please make this happen. Please. The Ryan Fitzpatrick led the Dolphins in rushing was not a compliment. It's not an ode <laughs> to, to how good Ryan Fitzpatrick is. It's like being the most attractive person in Wisconsin. There's a very low bar. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not. <laughs> I'm kidding, Wisconsin. I'm from Chicago. Let me have that joke. You have the better football team. Let me just have a joke. That's all. Don't get upset. Now Reddit's going to look rank so rude to Wisconsin. I, I, I don't and even I, know what they say about me on Reddit. I'm afraid to go look. I don't, I don't think I can – I don't know if I can handle that sort of thing. <laughs> um, so James Robinson has been fantastic. I know he's – you talk about how you like to draft or pick up rando running backs. James Robinson was one of those guys. He's not so rando anymore. I mean, no. uh, is this, is this going to last all year? Can we ride this thing all year? I mean, he looks good. I mean, that is one of the things, you know, we kind of liked about him. I mean, obviously, we were coming from a place where we hadn't seen a lot of them. I mean, we don't want – I don't know about you. I don't watch a lot of Illinois State football games. Can't say I do. But it really – yeah, it's not like – it's not like watching, like, Miles Gaskin. We're like, you saw him play at Washington. Like, you you kind of have a, a gist of what this guy is all about. So we're really getting a lot of our first extensive look at James Robinson, and it's been impressive. I think that – He's really fit in with Jay Gruden's offense pretty well. I think that Gardner has really put defenses on their heels enough to where they have to respect the, 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 the throwing downfield that opens up things. And Robinson has taken advantage of him. I mean, it's not, it's not just a sense of like Gardner's opening it up for him. You have to go out and take advantage of it. And he's done that. And I don't know, you know, if this is going to be something he's going to be able to sustain for 16 games, you know, getting his first, you know, real work you know, in the NFL, but for right now, let's, let's ride it. Like this is a good time. Let's have some fun with it. 
Well, and the best part about it is, I mean, they are leaning on him very heavily. I mean, I, I know, you know, Bercole Armstead's not there, Divino Zigbo uh, isn't there, so they are just kind of going to let James Robinson take those opportunities. But the way he's playing, I, I feel like it's going to be hard for those guys to sort of work in. Also, when you throw in the fact that LaVisca Chenault is getting back there and getting some touches as a running back, and they're doing a lot of interesting, fun things, uh, this James Robinson thing might might sort of be for real. And speaking of LaVisca Chenault, uh, he's playing well. Keelan Cole is playing well. Should we be concerned that maybe they're going to start eating into DJ Chark's opportunities this year? I feel like it could enhance it. I, I think that if you have credible forces out there, with DJ Chark that it only helps him because that means that teams can't really focus on him as much. And so I'm, I, I was a big proponent of DJ Chark coming into the game. I also like DJ Moore coming into the game as well uh, as we're, as we're watching here, I believe. Uh, and the one thing though, is uh, you could probably like, we're not talking Panthers. Let's come back. Um, I, I really think that because this offense is exciting and because there's some problems behind them, defensively which means there's going to be a lot of shootouts like we saw on Sunday against the Tennessee Titans that there's going to be a chance that they're going to be in throwing game scripts which means you know DJ Chark I yeah I I, I'm still a big DJ Chark fan and if anybody's given up on them you know I will I will be on the lookout somebody wants to drop them like I'll happily go scoop them up (laughs) yeah don't don't drop DJ Chark. That's that's the lesson here. Don't drop DJ Chark. But, uh, you know, maybe get excited about Keelan Cole and LaVisca Chenault, especially if you're in deeper leagues or if you want to take that big uh, daily swing and hope one of those guys pop, then, uh, you know, give them give them a look right there. So it's time for Secure Starts presented by Visa for Peace of Mind Online. Visa's got you covered. All right, so it's time for Adam Rank's Week 3 Starts and Sits. For the whole list, you can find them at NFL.com slash start sit. But uh, the quarterback spot, looking at a couple of guys – playing, I guess, east of the Mississippi, is it? Yeah, let's start with Ryan Tannehill. And ever since he's taken over that job as the quarterback of the Tennessee Titans, he's been fantastic. Miracled them all the way into the playoffs last year. And, of course, they had an extended championship game season. He's picked right back up and has been a good quarterback. He's been one of the top fantasy options. And it's really time to just accept that this is a good fantasy quarterback. He should be in your lineups to start him this week. And another quarterback we need to accept as a good player is Josh Allen. And I don't know, and I got to put this out there, and I tried to explain to Buffalo Bill fans, I'm a fan of your quarterback. I do love him. I was just saying that teams are going to try to test him to make him throw the football. And what we're seeing with him throwing the football is really good. He's made quite a connection with Stephon Diggs. He's getting the ball. Like that was a lucky throw, but whatever. Like listen, he's <laughs> making the throws that needs to be that need to be made, and he still has that presence of mind that when he needs to run the ball, he certainly can. A quarterback that throws for 400 yards and four touchdowns and still is giving you running ability is somebody you start each and every week. And I would never think about it for the rest of the for the rest of the year. I mean, look, Josh Allen's been a top 10 quarterback the last couple of years, and somehow we still sort of discount him. Maybe at some point we just buy in that, that this is just who he is right now. Uh, Kenyon Drake has embraced the fantasy Twitter community, uh, and I'm, I'm sort of here for it. I, I see you are embracing him as one of your week three starts. I love Kenyon Drake, and I think that you're absolutely right. He told people on Twitter that if you're upset with my fantasy production, why don't you release me and somebody in your league will enjoy what I'm doing. And I love it because it makes him feel like he's part of our crew. Like when I saw Colleen Wolf walking around with an Empire Strikes Back t-shirt, I'm like, yeah, Wolf, what up? (laughs) Star Wars fans. And so I look at what he did last week and certainly you want more than eight. Listen, I understand you want 50 points from your running back every week, but you can't ask for anything more than a running back who's carrying the ball 20 times in this offense. The touchdowns are volatile. They are going to be there at some point, and they're going to come through. Uh, and then uh, David Montgomery, I, I, I'm starting to buy oh, back shoot. in. I'm, I'm starting to buy back in on David Montgomery. I should have gotten myself to David Montgomery. That's there. okay. So I apologize. That's what I'm here but for. I, I do like him. I, I know. Like, this is, you know, people were like, oh, you died on the David Montgomery Hill last year. And I'm like, you know what? He was, uh, he was fine. I think the circumstance with the injuries to the Bears offensive line kind of hurt them. A little bit, but he's a good running back. And I think what we saw in the touchdown that he had against the Giants on 
Sunday was what we want from him and Mitch Trubisky, where Mitch kind of extended the play, rolled out, found David Montgomery, who was near the – here, we'll, we'll watch this play here. I believe this is the touchdown. So he's near the sideline, cuts it back, gets into the end zone. What more do you want? I mean, that's exactly what we get, and I think that the Bears are probably going to start running the ball even more. The, the offensive line looks a lot more improved than what happened than what we saw last year. So I'm encouraged, especially this week going up against the Atlanta Falcons. All right. Uh, wide receivers. You've got two guys that are uh, they're facing off against each other this week, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. No. And I'll start with the Dallas Cowboys. And, and CeeDee Lamb has kind of taken over as the number two guy. Like he's he's the the person in like it's a it's a buddy movie. And CeeDee Lamb is all the, is the new person who all of a sudden becomes the best friend of the mean girl. And it's a thing. And Michael Gallup's left down in the cold. But whatever. What we've seen out of CeeDee Lamb has been pretty impressive. He's averaging seven and a half recept targets per game, excuse me. And being a huge part of this offense, obviously Amari Cooper is the number one receiver, the most targeted guy here. Ezekiel Elliott is running the ball. But CeeDee Lamb is now the number two guy there. Last week had 106 receiving yards. And again, the touchdowns will be volatile. He's going up against the Seattle Seahawks who give up a lot of production to the wide receiver. And speaking of which, and we'll just talk about DK Metcalf. This is probably going to be the last time that I mention him in the, in the start and sit column, because he has become so automatic. He's the wide receiver eight on the season. We love Tyler Lockett. And one of the benefactors of letting Russ cook is that both of these receivers can go out there and be productive assets for you. Again, they were guys that you were always relying on to get touchdowns. There was, it was a small sample size, but DK Metcalf, not only getting into the end zone, but also putting up the yards. Yeah, uh, I mean, DK, it was, it was sort of a, a coin flip for me. Like, do I want DK? Do I want Tyler Lockett? I split the difference and sort of went with both, depending on the league and, and how the draft shook out. And uh, so far, I'm not unhappy about it. Uh, tight ends. Uh, you got a, one young guy, one old guy who's sort of back in our lives now. Yeah, Tyler Higby was somebody who came on at the end of last season and everybody was really impressed with what he was able to do, kind of usurped all of Cooper Cup's production taking over for him. And in week one, it didn't quite work out. But what we saw in week two is the most encouraging thing is that anytime the Rams get near the goal line now, I expect them to be running two tight end sets, throwing the ball to Tyler Higby. For years, it had been Todd Gurley, who was an automatic play inside the five. But I think with some questions at the running back position, they're going to turn to Tyler Higby. And the old guy you were referring to is Jimmy Graham which again, I know I'm putting two bears out here and I look like a homer and I understand that. But watching this game last week, you kind of saw how the Bears want to use Jimmy Graham. And it's very similar to what Kansas City does with Travis Kelsey. Now, obviously, I would rather have Travis Kelsey. I'm not comparing the two. But the role is very similar. And in week one against Detroit, if Jimmy Graham hadn't mistimed a couple of jumps, he would have had a monster performance. And what I saw against the Giants was also equally as encouraging you see right there eight targets in this game that's all we can ask for target your tight end we will start that player some weeks it works out some weeks it doesn't just give us the opportunity uh, and then finally your defenses to start uh, not really any surprises uh, with these two defenses you got i went very chalky on this one we'll start with <laughs> pittsburgh steelers obviously one of the best defenses in the league they have the best watt brother i think we can say that with certainty wow. and what? Do you not watch? The, like, TJ should have been the defensive player of the year last year. Like, that guy was amazing. But since the beginning of the 2019 season, they have led the NFL in takeaways and sacks. So, again, this matchup against the Texans, Deshaun Watson is the most sacked quarterback in the NFL, which I know would be surprising to hear for a lot of people. But he's been sacked 10 times this season. And, of course, the San Francisco 49ers, Again, on the East Coast, going up against the New York Jets, even without Bosa and Thomas. I don't think Adam Gase has figured it out enough to be like, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll master this. I'll master this one. No, the 49ers still have one of the best defenses in the league, even though it'll, you know, it'll hurt not having Nick Bosa out there. But I think any time that you can stream it or pick up it, obviously you can't do it this week because San Francisco is probably already on somebody's roster. But any time you can look out and see who's playing the Jets, and go and pick up that team. By the way, the Colts are going to be that team next week. So if the Colts are available on your waiver wire and you can kind of hold them there, the Colts are a very good fantasy team and are not a bad option this week either. But if you want to pick them up and, and have a little forward thinking to next week, just, you know, sometimes the best opportunity here is just playing a little defense ahead of time 
and getting them already on your roster. Yeah, I think especially if you uh, are in a league where you have a low waiver priority and you're not going to get one of the top waiver wire picks, uh, think ahead. Just try and, and bolster your roster for a week or two down the line. Always a, a good way to look at it. There you go. That was Secure Starts, presented by Visa. So we've done the starts, now we have to do the sits, and I know people will accuse you of being a Bears homer, it's not the first time, but oh. you are picking a quarterback to sit that is facing the Bears this week. Yeah, it's tough because I really hesitated because I feel like any time I put out there that Matt Ryan is a sit, he's going to go you know, put up 5'11 on this team <laughs> with four touchdowns and everything, but Julio Jones is battling a hamstring injury right now, not to the matters because Calvin Ridley has been so good. But the Bears' defense has actually been getting after the quarterback, and that has been one of the things the Falcons have had to work on over the last couple of years is improving the offensive line. But I think that if the Bears – I don't know if they'll ever call a holding penalty because it seems like Khalil Mack is held every every time. Like, But Bobby Quinn came in and made immediate impact, strip-sack fumble on his first play as a Chicago Bear. So I think this is his – listen, with guys like Gardner Minshew still out in the league – like I'd rather I'd feel safer going with Gardner in this one than hoping that you can get a good performance out of uh, Matt Ryan there and Kirk Cousins. I think you just need to like never start him. This is <laughs> this is bad. Like this this biking situation is pretty sad. And I know that I put predictions out every year and people will be like, "You are terrible at this." But I was actually ahead here saying like this Vikings team is not as good as you people want to believe that it is. Not having Stephon Diggs is a bigger issue than people want to believe that it is. Kirk Cousins making mistakes, the defense not being as ferocious as it once was. It's time to time to move on from Kirk Cousins. Even in two quarterback leagues, I don't feel great about it. Uh, running back, you got a couple of guys who were big in week one, were sort of meh in week two, and now you got them as sits for week three. You know what's funny is when I sent out this email, I had Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and if you go read my column this week, he's not listed there because I'm a coward <laughs> and I don't want to face that heat. But I'll do it with you, Marcus, because I think that it's important to talk about is that he was good in week two, but he wasn't as great as he was in week one. And now he's got a matchup against the Baltimore Ravens where you look at it and you're like, I don't know that I can trust it. Now, obviously, if you're if you're somebody like me who is starting Miles Gaskin on Thursday night, I would kill to have Clyde Edwards-Alaire in my lineup. I really would. But I think for daily fantasy is, is where I'm trying to, to make this case of be careful. And I think, too, we're starting to see – Andy Reid get a little creative with his usage at the running back position. So he might not be as bell cowy, bell cowy as we want him to be. And another guy, though, I'm going to avoid as well. Let's talk about David Johnson. Now, he had a great – I got auto-picked David Johnson in a league that I play with my friends who, by the way, there was a draft on a Wednesday night. I had the number one overall pick, and all of a sudden, they see that I'm not there. Not one person thought to text me and be like, hey, bro, like the tiny football league's drafting tonight. Do you want to, you want to jump in? Like you already got Chris and my team looks great because I got, well, McCaffrey, Josh Jacobs and Travis Kelsey as my first three picks. I was like, okay, I would have done that. I got Russell Wilson. Love that because this, this league is really quarterback heavy. And I have David Johnson and I was livid. I'm like, <laughs> I was just on a show with Marcus bragging about the fact that I have no shares of David Johnson. You guys are making me look like an idiot, which I do fine on my own. And now after that that week one, I was trying to trade him so – like I was offering him to everybody. <laughs> Nobody wanted to take a take a bite on this. Because, well, first of all, they know if it's me, they're probably – I'm trying to ruin them. I'm like, no, I'm I'm trying to trade him for Miles Gaskin right now. But the thing is, is uh, I, I, I don't like this matchup. The Steelers, I talked about streaming their defense, mm-hmm. like streaming their defense. But you're starting the Steelers' defense. Right. It's not going to be great. <laughs> All right, uh, so wide funny. receivers. Uh, Hollywood Brown, Cooper Cup, yeah, you're not feeling them this week, huh? Yeah, I, I, you know, the Ravens still run the football, and the Chiefs are a better, team, a better team defensively than people give them credit for, and I think that Marcus Peters, who plays for the Ravens, that wasn't going to make a lot of sense. But I was going to say they're able to, sh- they're able to shut down uh, opposing wide receivers. So Marquise Hollywood Brown hasn't really – broken out the way that we wanted him to. We thought like, hey, you know, Lamar Jackson wants to throw the ball a little bit more this season. You know, let's let's get shares of Hollywood Brown, and it hasn't really come to fruition, and don't feel that it's going to be this week either. And Cooper Cup goes back to the conversation we had about Tyler Higby, where Higby is their guy when they get near the goal line. That's where Cooper Cup 
really thrived last season is he was getting some opportunities in the red zone. Tyler Higby seems to have taken that spot from him. So now what we saw out of Cooper Cup on Sunday against the Philadelphia Eagles is really the best we can hope for. It's like, oh, he gets a lot of targets. He gets close to or, or over 100 yards, and we get double-digit fantasy points from him. He's another player that I would really, really would love to unload at some point because I just feel the Rams are really focused in on Higby and, of course, our guy Bobby Trees. Uh, tight end, you got two guys who play their home games in the state of New Jersey, even though they say New York on their teams. It's true, and Chris Herndon is somebody that we keep waiting to break out. We're like, yeah, this is our guy. This goes back to last year. We thought that even though he was going to miss the first four games of the season, that he was going to come out and do some things. Hasn't really come to fruition this year. Not working out as well. It's it's. It, I'm starting to I'm starting to believe that Adam Gase might not be the best coach. Like I don't know. Like I don't, <laughs> don't want to be too. I don't want to be too premature here. But and another guy who I'm not enthused about this week because the matchup is really tough is Evan Ingram. And he is somebody that I look at with this Giants offense without Saquon Barkley. I hope at some point that he's going to come and he's going to step up and he's going to be a leader on this team. I really do believe that he needs to be the guy, probably more than anybody else, even they sign, even though they signed Devonta Freeman and all that stuff. Evan Ingram needs to be the guy who comes up and produces. But the matchup this week for the Giants is not good for tight ends. So I'm probably going to have to avoid him if possible. All right. Well, you can check the rest of his picks at NFL.com slash start sit. By the way, be sure to check out Fantasy Bites. It's the new fantasy show starring Adam Rank, Kimmy Checks, and Michael F. Florio. Each week, the trio reveals their favorite fantasy nuggets to give you the edge over your opponents. You can catch it Thursday, 6 p.m. Eastern in the NFL Fantasy app, NFL.com, and YouTube.com slash NFL Fantasy Football. Closing out the show with our wiretaps, looking at some of the popular names off the waiver wire. And now that you have them, should you actually start them this week? So we'll start with Jarek McKinnon against the, the New York Giants. I almost called them the San Francisco Giants. The San Francisco 49ers playing the <laughs> New York Giants. Do you start Jarek McKinnon this week if you have him? You know, we do 90 shows a week, so people back <laughs> off if we make a mistake here or there. Uh, you know what? If you picked up Jarek McKinnon as a speculative, if you're blocking somebody who lost a player this week, if you're just being a, a, a Weisenheimer, like if you have Derrick Henry and Josh Jacobs, this is very specific to me, by the way. If you have like Derrick Henry and Josh Jacobs, you're cool. You don't need to get Jarek McKinnon into your lineup. But if you were really, you know, struggling here, if you had McCaffrey or if you had Saquon Barkley, I think he has a pretty good opportunity to score some points against the Giants. We saw last week the Bears were able to run on them. I think that he's going to be a huge part of this offense for the 49ers this week. So I like Jarek. I actually really do like this play. I like Jarek McKinnon a lot. And I think as I'm starting to put together my fantasy lineups, I think he's going to be somebody I'm going to try to sneak in as well. Yeah, uh, he was my number one waiver target. I'm starting him pretty much in a lot of places where I have him. Uh, Daryl Henderson against the Bills who their run defense has been tough in the past. They haven't been tested yet this year, though. Would you trust Daryl Henderson this week? You know, I really do believe that the Rams running backs are going to be a little bit touchdown dependent. And again, what we saw last week with Tyler Higby and, and running the ball, like Bobby Trees gets more opportunity to run the ball at the goal line than some of these other guys. So I, I really, I, I want to avoid it. I, I think that I'm going to avoid, you know, I'm going to avoid this situation against the Bills. As you said, they're not being tested, but the Rams are playing back-to-back East Coast games. I believe this is an early window game as well. So I, I kind of want to stay away. I, I think this is one where, again, like if you are beset by injuries, you might not have any other choices. But if you're, you know, if you're looking between him or Jared McKinnon or something like that, I'm probably going to be leaving him on the bench. Yeah, I'm worried about him and, and Malcolm Brown this week. I'm sort of hands-off on both of those guys. Uh, finally, Mike Davis, who looks like he's going to be the next man up in Carolina. He's got the Chargers this week. How confident are you in him? I don't like the matchup that much. I think the Chief, or excuse me, the Chargers are a pretty good team defensively. But the one thing that we do like about Mike Davis is the opportunity. The guy that you're going to be counting on, that, that he's going to be counted on to run the football. And that's what we want. When we pick up these guys, we want somebody who's going to run the football. Now, if you look at him, if I had to choose between him and, let's say, Kareem Hunt, who's a, who's not a starting running back, I would probably go with Kareem Hunt in that instance. But I think, you know, all things being equal, if you're stung at the, at the running back position, Mike Davis is going to be good because of the opportunity. 
Yeah, I think opportunity. The volume potentially is king there. You know he's not going to give you Christian McCaffrey production. That's not a fair comparison. What? But, uh, shocking, I know, right? Uh, but the opportunity is what you're going to love there with Mike Davis. So uh, if you need him, play him uh, and hope for the best this week. In the meantime, for us, that is it. We are done. We appreciate you hanging out with the NFL Fantasy Football Show presented by DraftKings. You know the drill. Tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember, a bank is a place that will lend you money if you prove that you don't need it. Be safe, take care of yourselves, wear a mask, and we will see you on Friday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.